We shouldn't just say, oh, that poor person here, here's five bucks and go on and feel good about our day. We can't keep doing that. It's hurting. And we we see people in poverty for a long time or homeless for a long time because we keep patching, keeping it. Right. Mm-hmm. Band-aids for cancer. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Well, thank you for joining us for another episode of The Bridge Podcast. I'm Andrew Jackson, Director of Marketing at The Bridge, joined by Mark Dickey, Afternoon Show. I'm Mark, Director of Andrewing. Yeah, that's true. You do have... Did you get it? Yeah, I mean... You you said marketing, and I said Andrewing. I know. You've got a lot on your hands to keep me straight. I get it. (laughs) (laughs) The people should know, too. And we're joined by Susan Kent from Love, Inc. of Mid-Delmarva. Susan, how are you? Hi. I'm doing great. Good. I'm so glad that you were able to join us. We're actually going to take a look at the topic of homelessness today. And um, for the work that you're doing, I think that you're well-suited to talk to us about this. Yeah, I'm so um, appreciative to be able to share my knowledge um, and and hopefully um, give some good information to the community so they can learn to be part of the solution. Absolutely. Well, before we get into it, I want to mention our sponsor, Boardwalk Plaza Hotel and Victoria's Restaurant. You can experience the beach at its best any time of the year. And of course, I mean, the benefits of the beach change from winter to summer to fall. Yeah, I mean, maybe you didn't want to go anywhere near Rehoboth in the yeah, summertime. Yeah, that's but, how we are. But now it's a ghost town, and you can just go straight there. They have breakfast, lunch, and dinner seven days a week, and entertainment, too, from time to time. It's a it's a beautiful restaurant and a, a wonderful hotel. So if you're interested, I would certainly recommend that you check out BoardWalkPlaza.com. You can get all the details and make your reservations there. Now, Susan, you work with Love, Inc. of Mid-Delmarva. Can you tell us just briefly, what is Love, Inc.? So Love, Inc. is a 42-year-old national organization um, that developed locally here by churches in Seaford coming together and recognizing that they can work better together. Um, We now cover the whole county of Sussex County and even parts of Kent and um, northern, like the Delmar area that includes Hmm. Maryland. Okay. It's partnership of churches mobilizing together to transform lives and communities, and we do so in the name of Christ, Love, Inc., yeah, mm. love in the name of Christ. That's oh, cool. cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I can remember running into you a few times uh, when our church would get involved with uh, people in need in, in our community. And it was interesting because we knew that we could reach out to you as a resource to check whether this person was uh, truly in need or if there was some abuse of the system. And then when when they did have a real need, you were able to tell us exactly what was there and the church could mobilize. It was it was really an effective tool. Absolutely. So it, it yeah. you know, it helped our congregation put into practice, you know, what we preach on a regular basis. And then and then to see the results of that having a real direct impact on the community. So. Absolutely. And just watching um, the clearinghouses, the foundation and the, the, the beginning of um, every Love Inc. nationwide, mm-hmm. it's the first cornerstone. Um, and that's where um, the, the information coming in um, for the neighbors in need is all joined together, that clearinghouse model. We um, like to say rather than um, need um, genuine need. We like to say expressed need hmm. because oftentimes people in need um, are expressing their need and it, and it might not be something they that will help them move forward. Um, but as it is expressed and it's real to them. Mm-hmm. So. so you serve a variety of different people in our community, one of which includes the homeless population. Right. And from what I'm 
reading and seeing and hearing uh, across media is that in our nation right now, there is a homeless crisis. Absolutely. It's, it, it is nationwide. Um, the, the, you, you hear about the, my, my daughter has moved to California. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, she's in LA and, and she shares all the time that there's a huge epidemic happening there. And, um, and, and family that I have across the country, mm-hmm. you know, because of what I do, I'm always curious, yeah, you know, and right. I ask, um, you know, um, about things in their community. So this is not happening just right here in our um, listening area. Mm-hmm. This is happening, you know, nationwide. What are, um, in your opinion, what are some of the causes? What, what, what is, what happened? Why, why did we wind up with a nation in crisis that has this huge and growing homeless population? Sure. I mean, there's so many factors and it's, you know, there's, you really have to look at the myriad of reasons. Um, they are social. They are, um, the way, um, our government responds to need the way mm-hmm. our church stopped responding to mm-hmm. need. Mm-hmm. Um, we kind of got out of the business of helping, um, and we shouldn't have. Uh, I believe the the church um, can step into um, a, a larger role. We've done really well at the transactional needs, the food, the clothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the church does really great at that, and it's biblical, and we should continue to do that. There's nothing wrong with that, but. Mm-hmm. Um, where the church um, shifted away from helping is um, when they got out of the relationship business with the vulnerable populations. Mm-hmm. It kind of mm. became a government um, responsibility mm. um, because there's government resources that are great. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, so we have to really figure out how to meld together those two, you know, and really have a true continuum of care. Mm. We need all all the all the resources. And if you look at them, they're great and they're vast. I think the biggest problem is as much as people talk about working together, mm-hmm. it's very hard. Mm. You know, the, the silos are really. And I feel the need to clarify when you say church, you're talking about the church, the body not necessarily of your yeah, church. Oh, no, uh, the, the body of Christ. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, just to paint the picture. Uh, I read one article that pointed out, and, and, and actually the articles that I pulled from point to a research uh, that was released in September of 2019, I think it was, like a presidential examination of this problem. And it points to half a million Americans being homeless. Mm. Yeah. And that's a rough number. Yeah. Because as I understand, it's very difficult to count the homeless accurately. It really is because it because there's different kinds of homelessness, and there's different ways of identifying. Just for mm-hmm. example, the um, the Department of Education views homelessness differently than HUD, um, and right. those are two big federal housing you know, and urban yeah. development. Right, yeah. and um, so um, HUD defines homelessness as literal homelessness, mm-hmm. um, like what you would probably consider. You know, the the person that looks unkept that hasn't had mm-hmm. a place to. Um, even couch either on the street or in inhospitable uh, dangerous locations in parks absolutely bridges things like that they're outside of any type of traditional sheltering exactly right now the department of education looks at homelessness like if i'm doubled up with aunt Susie, and Mm -hmm. um that's because for education children need to have their own space it needs to be consistent Mm -hmm. it doesn't need to be tumultuous Mm -hmm. in any way so there's that and then there's all kinds of um different types of homelessness based on why they're homeless Hmm. it could be situational it could be just a you know month-long situation where 
a tragedy happened, an event happened, a medical thing happened, mm. the shift in income versus expenses, um, and they just needed to regroup. Mm. Um, that's one kind of homeless situational. And then there's the, um, you know, those ones, the lifers that you um, hear about that mm-hmm. hardly ever see. They're in the woods. They're hidden. That's the, all, the other end of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. And then there's everything in between. Um, we have seen a rise, unfortunately, in full intact families um, because mm-hmm. of the housing is more expensive than their the cost of living is more than what the, the, the wage earning is. wage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's all kinds of political, you know, tied to that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I tend to stay away from the political aspects of it I and mean, just look at things practically. There is a disparage in and how much someone makes versus what the average cost of living is. And for example, Sussex County, um, Delaware State Housing Authority has a really great sheet they produce every year. And the first year I did it, it was like two bedroom apartment, 750. And now it's over $1,000 a month for an average two bedroom apartment. And if you look at that, plus what um, a, a workforce person makes, mm-hmm. it's they're not able to make ends meet. No, I'm sure. So I'm imagining like Sussex County is a tourist destination. Right. And naturally, the, the, the cost to live in Lewis and Rehoboth is Gosh, yeah. extremely expensive. And so if you become homeless in that area, yeah. I guess you have to venture out. Absolutely. And, and, the, and these else. are the, our workers, though. These are the people that are the bartenders mm-hmm. or the waiters, waiters, mm-hmm. busboys, the, you know, the people that are housekeeping, all those workforce um, folks, uh, they are employed in the summer and not in the winter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that does. And, and, and that also affects the families as well. You know, so there again, we're talking about the very different kinds of homelessness they're all being affected by you know um the same thing and that's um there's more going out than there is coming in so how do we how do we as a country um look at that and change that and some of the changes i personally feel um that are manipulated and done in in order to help have actually hurt Mm. yeah because some of the policies and strategies that have been attempted are as a result having some negative impact yeah that's my personal opinion Mm -hmm. because you look at history and over time we've increased benevolence i'm using a church word for a government Mm -hmm. we've Mm -hmm. increased um uh, the government the the government's response um, financially to our neighbors in need we've increased that but we've also seen an increase in poverty and, and homelessness. Mm-hmm. So where's the missing piece? Where's that link? <laughs> um, and I would say it's the community because the government cannot do it alone. And the community, and I believe the church, should be filling in those gaps, doing the teaching components. Mm-hmm. Um, people yep. have lost hope. Um, there are jobs now right now. That um, we, there's not a lot of skilled folks, um, so we've lost our way somehow in um, getting our workforce trained up to to fulfill those jobs. When I first started in 2010, job epidemic, you know, there was right, no right. jobs. Now there are jobs. There's a lot of jobs. They're just how they require someone skilled, and mm. we're not seeing that 
So that's um, that's another reason. Well, you're not alone in in pointing out that the concern is that some of the government intervention is making the problem worse, whereas the lack of church involvement it, it could be an area where we could improve the situation. Right. There's a pastor that. Um, Reverend Ben Johnson at Action Institute. I found an article that he wrote uh, that addressed some of the problems in this presidential, you know, uh, analysis of everything. Anyway, he writes that the lack of connection to a church or religious community increases homelessness. And this is all looking at that report that the government did to say, what's the problem? Where are we at? And they quantified everything. Um, He just broke it down into more human terms. Mm -hmm. So he says the report states that individuals with weak social ties are more likely to become homeless. The study um, cites that the lifetime incidence of homelessness is reduced by 60% Mm. for individuals with strong ties to family, Mm -hmm. religious communities, and friends. Mm -hmm. As much as 60%. Right. Those are called risk factors. And Mm -hmm. it's the evidence backs up that the people need people. People need Hmm. to be involved. They need the relationship. And the church is the only organization that is equipped to add that love right. value um, to that um, that part. That's the missing link. Um, you know, we really, you know, it's really hard to be the director of Love Inc. Who um, I'm supposed to be m- leading the charge of mobilizing the churches and the partnership of churches. Mm-hmm. And it's not a very good um, strategy to say, church, you need to do more. Um, and, and point the finger um, mm. because that's not really people don't want to come alongside, <laughs> right? Right. Someone who thinks you know maybe what um, help they've been offering isn't enough, mm-hmm. but um, maybe we should step lean into that thought and say how can we help more? How can we be part of the solution? And because we are the 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 equipped person in the continuum of care and mm-hmm. the offerings of all the resources, mm-hmm. government, church, community, you know, all the different nonprofits, the church um, brings that special, you just can't, you can't quantify it. Mm-hmm. It's not like a physical, tangible thing you can grab, mm-hmm. but oh boy, it's important. When you see it knitted into the whole oh, picture, yeah. you see improvements you see vast impact huge yeah Yeah. even though it's not exactly quantifiable you can see the results of the church's involvement right so before we get to some tangible solutions that people can take or ways they can get involved um i would imagine approaching someone who is homeless either one-on-one if i were to approach you know someone uh and try to help them or if i were to get involved with a organization and that organization is trying to help someone who is homeless there are some significant hurdles um in serving or helping the homeless what are some things that you've run into in the past that have like i guess i guess the best way to put it is that someone who's homeless doesn't want help sometimes they don't um what we always have to do is respond and not react okay okay that's really critical and um never think of things in terms of like money or um think of things in terms of compassion um we use the biblical principles um uh, there are six core principles we use when we think about helping the homeless and their um it's called redemptive compassion Mm -hmm. um so when we respond um to 
a person who's experiencing homelessness, let's say um, you see the Walmart guy, you know, with the sign or family or anyone standing out front of any um, business and Mm -hmm. it says homeless need need food a lot of people their hearts break they see that and their first response is i'm gonna give them five dollars i'm gonna give them food that's not the best solution for that person experiencing homelessness but always act in you know compassion and grace i think that because we do know that there's thousands of resources our best response Um, would be to, if you can't go all the way in, it's best to not go in at all. Hmm. So if you can't be safe to take the person to a place that could help them Mm -hmm. and start them for their next step, and each step, although it might not be significant, we always want to be working in a forward progress when Mm. working with a person experiencing homelessness and the things that you would do if you're not going to have the time and the capacity and the knowledge Mm -hmm. if you're not your best step is prayer for that person reaching out to someone who might be knowledgeable letting them know but not to go in unless you are ready to go all in wow Mm. It's, it's so opposite of what you would think. Mm-hmm. Like you think, okay, I'm just gonna give the mm-hmm. $10 and move on. And I don't want to paint the picture that all homeless are experiencing addiction. Mm-hmm. But often that could be the case for that particular kind of homeless because that's a quick sure. uh, opportunity mm-hmm. um, to continue that. And that's dangerous. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we wanna step in with working with homeless and knowledge of knowing how they got there. And a lot of people think, well, that's none of my business, you know, giving privacy. But if we really want to transform Mm -hmm. in the heart, from the inside out, if that's our goal, and it should be, we should want more. We shouldn't just say, oh, that poor person here, here's five bucks Mm -hmm. and go on, and feel good about our day. We can't keep doing that. It's hurting, and and Mm -hmm. we see people um, in poverty for a long time or homeless for a long time because we keep patching keeping it there. right mm-hmm. band-aids for cancer yeah yeah right right so you're to sum that up you're saying rather than just patch it for a day just to give them something that gets them or would appear to get them through the day and clear your conscience and let you move on you know right. would be to really consider whether or not you're willing and able to stand next to that person and link arms with them and walk them through right. part, at least part of the journey uh, towards resolving their homelessness. Uh, it, so, it, it is, yeah. That's so the way. let's say uh, I'm with my kids. I have one kid. I'm with my right. kid <laughs> and uh, I see someone homeless. Um, you know, I'm not going to let a homeless person in my car mm-hmm. with my child. Sure. Um, but, you know, should I, should I bring a f- come back with another adult? And then and talk to them and take them somewhere or or how what is going all in like really? Yeah, I mean, honestly, that 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 would be it. You can call, you know, someone that you go to church with um, and say, hey, man, I just rode by this homeless person. It just tugged at my heart. And would you you know partner with me in trying to get um, this person to a place that could be safe? Hmm. And that that might look like. Um, and then you would call like the experts in in the community, like Nikki Gonzalez, who's hmm. the Code Purple yes. director, yep. who's always available um, to like navigate the system. 
Um, we get those calls all the time. Um, I get calls all the time, text. I saw, you know, someone uh, don't we love the work that we do in working with the homeless. So we're willing 24 mm. seven to answer those. Mm. What should we do? And nine times out of 10, because we work with the homeless year round, we might know who it is and might have some insights oh. and say, oh, yeah, that's, you know, that's a gentle. Yes, that's totally safe. This is where mm-hmm. this is our recommendation where that person should go. Can, do you mind taking them there? You know, because we know we work with this population. It's mm-hmm. um, and if we don't know, um, then it's it's be- the beginning of knowing. Mm. So that that, you know, that clearinghouse model that Love mm-hmm. Inc. is built on, all the information comes into that one hub so that we can really um, offer that uh, long term care, that intake and tracking is where mm-hmm. it's not happening at the first conversation or the first touch. We have to remember there's a long this took a long time for a lot of people to get there mm. and we need to move you know, recognize there's going to be steps to go um, mm. to self-sustainability and self-sufficiency. And I would definitely go and grab a buddy if, if and and uh, see if, if you can go and just minister. I mean, that mm-hmm. means that compassion part, even if the person doesn't want to go anywhere, you've planted a seed that the community does care and they do want to take steps to help them not be in this situation anymore. So looking at the state of the crisis in in America, um, paint that picture for us a little bit better on the local level. What what does homelessness look like here across Delmarva? I mean, what kind of population are we talking about? If there are, um, you know, if there are half a million Americans homeless across the country, I mean, have we got 100 people out there who need help? Well, um our nonprofit covers Sussex County, and we see an average of 300 unique souls each Code Purple season. Um, mm. So there's and that's already, the winter season. Anytime the temperature drops below 31 degrees, absolutely. Well, yeah, from March or from December 1st until March 15th. Mm-hmm. So we're seeing about an av- on average 300 in Sussex. Wow. Now, as of for a state. Um, we do see um, there's a lot more homeless resources in Wilmington. Um, we do um, have some trickle down, some transient, mm-hmm. maybe five or five to twelve. Um, there's a transient moving up and down the state. Mm-hmm. Um, what we might get Wilmington's where Wilmington's is getting New Jersey and Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. So um, there is. Um, we talked about already the different types of homeless. There's that transient um, population. It's a small percentage. But in um, Sussex County, just this year so far, at one of our sites, they've already seen 60 different uniquely homeless since mm. December 1st. My goodness. Where are we today? Right. Mm-hmm. You know, So 60 folks have checked in and spent the night and sought refuge at um, one of our sites in Sussex County wow. at one at one site. How many sites uh, do you manage under the Love Inc. umbrella? We have eight sites. Right. And you're not the only organization serving this population. Uh, there are a lot of shelters and a lot of uh, folks who are trying to make an impact. Yeah, we're lucky in Sussex County to have Casa San Francisco and the Crisis House. Um, they're the 30-day kind of emergency shelter. Mm-hmm. And then around the area, we have Halo and Christian mm-hmm. Shelter. And um, in Dover, there's some great shelters as well. Yeah. So, you know... 
Delaware does have shelters. We find in Sussex we have less. That's why our code purple just stays open all winter, every mm. night, regardless of the temperature. Because in Sussex we don't have the capacity at our year-round shelters. Um, so we hmm. we stay open. Is that is that a major problem, having a place to, to put people? If they come to you for help, like you said, 60 people came to one location. I would not imagine you had 60 beds made up ready to go. So that was that they don't come every night. Got so, we, okay. you know, we have the ones that come every night. Um, we have the ones that come in when it's really, really, really cold. Mm -hmm. And we have the situational ones. Mm. We have some that might have um, the, the all the different kinds of variables mm -hmm. come in. So not 60 in one night. Mm -hmm. But over the course of, of December 1st mm -hmm. and today, um, they have 60 intakes of different people. So when it comes to addressing the people who are homeless, um, I can imagine this is tugging at the heartstrings of several people that are listening right now. And there's there's got to be some tangible ways that they can get involved. Um, there's got to be some steps that they can take, you know, to, to equip themselves to serve. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's lots of volunteer spots um, and everyone can join in the movement of helping. There's not just at our nonprofit, um, mm -hmm. Love Inc., um, Code Purple, Sussex County, Empowered by Love Inc., um, but um, just um, we have also have a meeting once a month, Sussex County Homeless Coalition, and we meet the fourth thursday at ten thirty at georgetown presbyterian okay. and that's one mm -hmm. way to learn about what the problems are and how all the different that's all the different organizations working in this movement all come to the table once a month just to discuss and coordinate um services and network mm -hmm. um my suggestion for someone who really feels called for mm -hmm. homeless ministry, and you have to be called for homeless ministry, but my suggestion would be start with Code Purple because you can start with intake, mm -hmm. you know, just signing people in who are um, showing up. And those are at eight spots all over the county. Mm -hmm. So there's a, there's a Code Purple near you. Mm -hmm. um, and the, um, or just, you know, hearing the stories and, and find in asking questions, you know, you might call and say, this is my gifting and we can figure out a place for you to fit into that whole big from laundry mm -hmm. to overnight volunteer um, to coordinating the bigger things, the services. And really, if we're not working in that prevention part, so if you're called to work on the prevention, mm -hmm. you know, there's the continuum of care in the state of Delaware, HUD identifies one nonprofit um, to oversee homelessness and coordinate a continuum of care. And so Housing Lights Delaware is the lead agency for the continuum of care. And the continuum of care meets quarterly. And that's another way to get involved with the advocacy and just understanding those bigger, you know, mm -hmm. where the dollars are coming in, how they're being spent you know, kind of those policies, mm -hmm. there's the COC should be driving the policies. Um, so if you have that big idea, I would definitely plug into and engage with uh, Housing Lines Delaware and the continuum of care. Okay. So there's lots of ways. There's so many ways. To get involved from, from the daily operations and serving some someone who is homeless directly face-to-face -face up to being involved with, you know, becoming aware 
educated and then your giftings might be toward finance and policy making or advocacy and so you can get involved at that level as well to get right. the word out and maybe drive some changes in our political system uh yeah. or in you know our econ- economic system right Syst- the- systematic change is is um something that has to happen mm-hmm. but it happens from the grassroots it happens from the community stepping up and and educating themselves, becoming aware, and then starting to push those um, those policies to change and shift. And system system changes have to happen in order for us to move out of this chaos that we're in. Mm-hmm. And there's also one other avenue. Each school has a McKinney Vento. Um, liaison um, that is through the Department of Education. It's mandated that um, the students who are by, determined by the Department of Education who are experiencing homelessness have someone that helps. So each school actually has a person, and you could just hmm. reach out to that school and say, "How can we? How can we help you? You know, right. how can we be a service?" and, and and then the other thing, Andrew, that's really important that we all understand is prevention. And I think that all goes back to um, we we haven't talked much about mental health, but mm-hmm. you know people need a soft place to fall, and and mm-hmm. we we have to figure out a way for our children to have less trauma in those those early mm-hmm. years because it just mm-hmm. it, it the trajectory yeah. right right mm-hmm. wow well the problem is. Huge. Huge. Yeah. (laughs) From a half a million people across the country to those that are experiencing homelessness here, no matter what the original root cause or whether they're in transition or in long-term homelessness. And there are a lot of potential ways that people can get involved. So thank you so much for doing what you have been called to do. You've, you said it before, but you are uniquely gifted in this area. I think that, uh, God has definitely purposed you and gifted you to help organize this effort here locally. Now, if you're listening and something in your heart says, I want to go deeper in addressing the homeless situation in my community, Susan has already outlaid a couple of ways that you can get involved, but we'll be sure to include links to those solutions and contact information for Love Inc. Mid Delmarva. And um, she can help you to get on those first steps to get involved. Thank you so much for being on with us, Susan. I appreciate it. Thank you both. Be sure to download the Bridge Mobile app to get the latest podcast episodes. And if you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend. You can provide feedback on this topic and suggest other show topics when you email podcast at 887thebridge.com. You can find complete show notes on this episode with links to the resources that we mentioned by visiting our website, 887thebridge.com. 